Hey, brave one. Welcome to another episode of the Women Aware and Prepared podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Pratt, a trained domestic violence victim advocate who teaches women and vulnerable populations how to be street smart. You'll hear some true crime stories, but most importantly, how we might prevent crimes happening to us. Return each week to learn safety tips and emotional self-defense so we live empowered with peace. Let's be less naive and leave helplessness and worry behind so we can be safer, savvy, aware, and prepared. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Women Aware and Prepared podcast. I have a very special guest today who's joining us, and his name is Clayton Cranford. He is the founder of Total Safety Solutions, LLC, and CyberSafetyCop.com. He's a retired sergeant from the Orange County Sheriff's Department in California. He is a renowned law enforcement educator in the United States, specializing in social media, child safety, and behavioral threat assessments. Clayton authored the definitive book on internet safety for families, parenting in the digital world, and was awarded the National Anti-Bullying Award for his contributions to society. Throughout his career, Clayton has served as a member of the Orange County School Threat Assessment Team, School Resource Officer, and Crisis Negotiation Team. He also supervised Orange County's Drug Abuse Education Program, which has reached thousands of students in hundreds of schools across Southern California. So thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I just wanted to have you share with us first, before we dig into the topic at hand, what caused you to start this and a little bit more about what you do. Yeah. So um, I was a school resource officer. Well, uh, uh, first of all, I, I retired from law enforcement last year. I did 20 years and uh, as a sergeant from the Orange County Sheriff's Department. But um the best part of my career was working with families and students. And I was a school resource officer in the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. So like uh, not a very big community, like 40,000 people, about four, about, but 14,000 of them are students. So we have, you know, about eight or nine uh, public and private schools here. Uh, I was very busy uh, in 2012, bouncing around from school to school, helping students and educators and things and parents. And probably the number one thing uh, that I was dealing with or helping students and families with were things happening online. So there was a, a, I felt like a, a, a common story uh, that I was dealing with, which was a good kid who makes a bad choice mm-hmm. and a parent who does not know what's going on until mm-hmm. something horrible happens. And what I, what I learned was that if a parent knew what was going on, they could, they could have done something. So mm-hmm. there, there's a lot we can do as parents. I'm also a parent. I have two boys who are now in college. Um, so I raised them, uh, you know, right about this time. It was all kind of happening in my home as well. But I, but I felt like if, if if parents, you know, just just need some resources and need to know what to be looking for and how to look for it. And then I also uh, travel all over the United States talking to students about about all those issues too, which, um, which is which is hard because kids uh, are, are sweet little human beings who don't have a well developed uh, prefrontal cortex. They biologically have a, a lot of difficulty making good jobs and being empathetic behind a screen. But, you know, we, 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 we try to like kind of nudge the needle of good, making good choices in their head towards making better choices. But really I feel like a lot of the onus is on parents mm-hmm. for setting this, 
the technology up in their in their home safely for their kiddo, but also you know just be their child's mentor. You know, mm-hmm. online just being there and being able to have conversations with their kid. Right. And that's kind of seems to be the the biggest challenge. Exactly. Yeah. And I have a son as well who's now twenty two. And yeah, I remember that feeling of like when he wanted a phone and it's scary because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes and all of that. So that's why I really appreciate what you do. And I knew that so many people would really appreciate your advice here. So I thought that we would dig in and talk about the topic at hand. Right now we're recording right before Christmas. So I thought that um, right now it's important to talk about two things that are coming. One, students are going to be on break and they're going to have a lot more time with their phone and maybe with their phone alone. And also you're getting kids who are receiving new um, iPhones or iPads or whatever the device is and parents kind of not really having a clue how to help safeguard them and kids being naive. Just like you said, it can even be good kids who just make one bad decision, you know? So Um, I have had a personal experience with very close friends whose child did exactly that. And that just completely changed the course of their future and their mental health. It's very, very important. So we appreciate what you're doing and what you're going to say is very important. So if you want to address those two issues, we would be very happy to hear about that. Yeah, for sure. I, I I would just I just was at a a major a conference uh, in the Midwest and uh, about about uh, child safety and human trafficking. One of the panelists there that I was with, uh, her son, great kid, very level headed, talks to mom like great relationship with 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 mom. She, he's a high schooler. He he shared a nude image of himself with a person he met online that he thought was a cute girl. And then immediately was um, bombarded with messages like, if you don't send me, you know, $5,000, I'm going to send this to everybody, you know, and hear this come from this mom. Um, this only happened a couple of years ago, really. Uh, but, you know, within six hours, this, this sweet boy, um, you know, 17 mm-hmm. or 16, I think, uh, from and we, the first message, six hours later, he took his own life. Oh, my gosh. Because he, he felt like this was the only way out for him. Even a kid, even a kid who her mom, his mom said, I felt like my son could come to me right. and talk to me. And I, and, and we talked about this. So what I want to tell parents is that, and, and I, and, you know, I, I had no illusions that my boys, my boys absolutely could have done this. Um, even though I've talked to them multiple times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really what your kid needs, um, is, is number one, that outlet. So they, it, they know, they need to know that they can come talk to you about these things. And that can only happen if you've had a conversation with them where you've expressed that you are that person for them, that no matter how horrible or how embarrassing something might be, that there's really, there is nothing that you two cannot work out together. Mm-hmm. And, um, but at the same time, kids are scared. So, yeah. you know, that mom thought she had that with her son, but what she didn't have was any kind of monitoring. Mm-hmm. So I would really encourage parents on top of, you know, talking to your kid and, and kind of checking in with them as you should, but also have something running on their device that would look for problems like that. It, and the one that I really like is called Bark, B-A-R-K. Mm-hmm. It's not expensive. It's a, subscri- a subscription-based program that you run on your kid's device. It runs in the background, looks for problems, and it lets you know. 
And in fact, I have a, a promo code on my website or uh, you can find it uh, there, but it's um, mm -hmm. cyber safety cop, all one word. It's mm -hmm. you 15% off. I, I just don't want parents not knowing when there's a problem. So right. I, I, when I, when I heard that story and I talked to her later, I'm like, I go, you know, what, what could have made this different? Cause it sounds like she was doing all the right things. It sounds like she had a great kid who, who was willing to, you know, chat with her, but you know, what, what, what else was, what we I mean, what was missing? And I, and I think it was that piece. So having something like that on your, on your child's phone, it will be very, very helpful. And, and then and I'd also say, you know, having this conversation with your kid, uh, of course, isn't easy. So uh, one of the tools that I have, you can download off my website for free is the contract, the, the internet mobile device contract. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of read through it with your kid. There's like 15 lines. And after each line, you know, ask your kids some open-ended questions about, you know, what's going on. You know, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. um, this particular issue, do you think this is a problem? What would happen? You know, so just have a conversation with your kid. And then when it comes when it comes to your kid at home without any structured time, uh, you know, obviously you're gonna get more screen time, you get more time on social media. A lot of parents think, hey, if my kid's not at school, um, there's probably gonna be less drama, there's gonna be less bullying or issues like that. And actually the opposite's true. I believe it. <laughs> so the more the more time they're on screens, the greater opportunity for that, plus sexual exploitation and all those kinds of things. Uh, are there for them. And, and we saw that in full effect during the COVID lockdown and with yeah. um, the National Center for Missing Exploited Children's cyber tip line, you know, increased by 300% wow. in uh, 16 months. So over those, over that time. So I would, I would encourage parents to um, have some defined sc uh, screen limits, screen time limits on your child's devices and uh, that's something that, you know, I think you should sit down with your kid and say, hey, you know, let's talk about what what's a reasonable amount of screens on especially days off like this. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there has to be time for things that don't include screens, whether it's getting out, hanging out with friends, doing stuff with the family. Right. Uh, so come up, come up with a balance that makes sense. And then, you know, you can reinforce this through parental controls on, on your child's phone. Your child's device has screen time limits. But of course... Whoever designed them was not thinking about parents because it's really complicated. And, and, and that actually was one of the main reasons why I wrote my book, Parenting in the Digital World, because I wanted to give parents a step-by-step -step guide to those, to those kind of nuts and bolts things happening on their child's device, you know, privacy settings, screen time limits. Wow, that's cool. So you walk through each of those things with them? Yes. Yeah, so it's kind of I I there's like a screenshot of the of the of of the the control, there's like a little you know little arrow says do this do this do this, and then and of course the 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 first half of the book is you know how do you talk to your kid about um, a bunch of things that no one had to talk to us about growing up in the eighties like you know how do you talk to your child about online pornography how do you talk to your child about bullying and how do you how do you manage that so so obviously that that, that this topic is, is is a very um there's a lot of depth yeah. to the issues here. Oh, yeah. But I, I think parents can, you know, you don't have to do everything at once. Mm -hmm. I would try doing little things at a time. Mm -hmm. um, another important thing I would recommend for parents is do not let your child sleep with their device in their room. A hundred percent. We had to make that a rule. <laughs> yeah, Good. I would plug it in. Our rule was when we go to sleep, I plug your phone into my 
you know, in my room, it's charging right next to me. That Mandy, that's like the, the one of the most simple fixes mm-hmm. for a lot of problems. Just just doing that, it, it, it removes a lot of anxiety that children have having that device in their room. Mm-hmm. It removes the opportunities for making bad choices because yeah. we have a kid at board in the dark <laughs> in their never room. A good, device. Ne- never, never a good combo. <laughs> never, never a good combo. Right. And and then um, I would also recommend uh, you, you know when you're you you have some time with the family uh, that's that's not screen time. So mm-hmm. when you sit down to eat, like yes. that should be a technology free mm-hmm. time. You know, um, go. You know, even my boys who are now in college, we still like getting in the car mm-hmm. and driving out and looking at um, that the 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 Christmas lights, the houses yes. that really do it well. Love it. You know, and, you know, things like that. So there's, I think there's a lot of really great opportunities here. And and if you give your child a new device, I I would really recommend getting my book, making sure that the parental controls, I I even also, I even offer parental controls for the gaming uh, consoles. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. So make sure that's all dialed in. So you're, you're basically setting your kid up for success in that situation. Just so I'm clear and so our listeners are clear, um, you have your book, Parenting in the Digital World, and that helps you walk through like the different settings and stuff. But you also recommend Bark, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Bark is going to be this really great safety net that's, you know, always kind of running in the background. Is it an app? It's an app. Yeah. It's an app. Uh, it's a, you know, it, it's a, it also, it blocks inappropriate websites. Mm-hmm. Um, you can track your kid on a little GPS map when it's on their phone. Okay. So, yeah. So it's a, it's a really neat app that's really saved a lot of kids to be I honest. And in, in fact, schools use bark to, um, protect their, their Wi-Fi. Oh, uh, for kids. Interesting. So, yeah. So it's, it's an, it's a really well respected company that, that, you know, school districts use so that, that, wow. Good to know. Yeah, Yeah, that does say a lot. Huh. Okay. I have a question for you. So, (laughs) all right. So I remember when my son was a teenager and we made him wait till forever. It felt like to him to get his phone. And when he did, then he would, you know, I would tell him things like you're not allowed to have Snapchat. And then he would say, but mom, all my friends are there. And then I would find out that he was on it anyway. So then he would get in trouble. So I mean, obviously we can't, you know, control every single thing. So of course it's important, like you were saying, to talk to them and let them know the dangers. Cause I think too, a lot of kids are naive. They don't understand, you know, how the online grooming works and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. They, they have no idea. I, I've talked to, you know, t- over 200,000 students over the last uh, nine years, all of the United States talking to students. And it's really breathtaking how I mean they they know how to use the internet right they they have they're really adept at at you know manipulating the technology mm-hmm. but they really have no concept of the 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 consequences to to making choices online and, and mainly because the the disconnect with a with a with a child is that they they believe their real world. Yes. And they believe their digital world are two different worlds. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they, they really see them as two different things. So what that, what they would never do face-to-face, not in a million years, they will absolutely do online. And that's what blows up, blows a parent's mind. Cause they're just like, right. this isn't my kid. Like my kid right. knows 
yeah. better to do this. And I, I don't know how many times I've heard this and I, I, I go, look, you know, parent, you're, you're 100% right about your kid. This is, this is true about your child in the real world, mm-hmm. but with, with them and a device behind a door, um, kind of anything's possible. Yeah. Oh yeah. So my advice is, and I, I think, Manny, I think you made a great choice. Like wait for your, wait for the time that you think your child is ready for a phone mm-hmm. or, or for, for social media. And and my general advice has always been wait as long as you can. I was going to ask you that at what age do you recommend? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's no upside to give it, giving it to them mm-hmm. early. Right. It's not like they can't figure it out. Like whenever, right. whenever they put their hands, to the technology, they will, they will master it in no time. Oh yeah. They're, they're not going to be behind some kind of technology curve uh, by making them wait. Uh, in, in fact, there's a lot of research to show that the longer they wait, the the, the healthier their, their self-esteem and their, and their mental mm-hmm. health is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would, I would really recommend that parents uh, turn on the parental controls and, and uh, review and approve an app before your child can download it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I'm, it's interesting that you mentioned Snapchat because Snapchat was not an app. I allowed either of my children to have in high school mm. and mainly because uh, I wrote more search warrants uh, for crimes that occur- occurred on Snapchat and where children were victims than everything else combined. Oh my gosh. So that yes. was like the worst offender. It, it was. And it's it, it, not to say that other social media, you know, you can't have problems there, yeah, but of course. Snapchat is just kind of a magnet for a lot of it. Ugh. And because of Snapchat's disappearing yes. message feature, right? right? It, it makes it impossible for you to know what's really going on. And consequently, Bark cannot monitor the iPhone version of Snapchat. So yeah, so Bark works on the iPhone and the Android phone, but, but iPhone's operating system is, is not an open source operating system. And they, and they kind of keep apps like Bark out of the, the operating system, the guts of the operating system. Um, Google is the opposite. Google is an open source operating system and Bart can see everything happening there. Hmm. So if you really want full transparency of what's happening in your child's device, I would recommend an Android device for your child because Bart can literally monitor like 99% of the activity on there. Oh, that's really interesting. That's a very important tip. So thank you for saying that. Another thing I thought of too was I have a preteen in our family and her parents, instead of giving her a phone, gave her an Apple watch. Mm-hmm. So is that like a safer way to go? Um, yeah. I, I, a lot of parents are are going with the watch option because essentially they just have the option of, of calling or texting. Really? There's really not, not a whole lot else you can do with that, that watch. The, the only thing you can't do is you cannot control who can call or message your kid. So it's kind of open to everyone in a sense, but there's no camera and there's no social media app. So Hmm. that's, that's helpful. There are other, there's other companies like Gizmo that, that are basically Android powered uh, watches Hmm. that you can control who can call, who who they can call, who can text them, et cetera. So for, for younger children, a, a lot of parents are also turning to the Gizmo watch and other watches like it because it gives them more parental control. Got it. Okay. 
And then what about, um, I know a lot of schools now have tablets and stuff. So how does, how do you, cause then your kid gets this without you really wanting it. So. Yeah. Well, the, the, the good news, I guess, if it's a, if it's a school tablet or Chromebook or whatever they end up giving your, your kiddo, mm-hmm. it will, it should be routing all their internet traffic through the school's firewall. Mm. So even when they're home and connected to your home Wi-Fi, if they're going to inappropriate websites, whatever, that will get flagged so mm. and blocked. So that's good. But if but if you get your kid a, a laptop, then you need to turn on the parental controls. Again, they're not simple. They are in my book. Mm-hmm. And then and then you the iPad is an iOS device. So Bark would work on that. And then I would also recommend for every device your child's using that doesn't have Bark on it, like like a like an iPad or not an iPad, like a Chromebook or a, a Mac mm-hmm. or a PC. Okay. I would recommend that you put a filter on it so mm-hmm. they can't access adult and, and other inappropriate websites. Mm-hmm. So a really good one that that I like. It's very simple to use. And parents who've used it have said good things. It's called a uh, clean browsing.org hmm. or .com rather. And uh, so that that's another option. You you have to filter the internet on every device. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. W- one of the big issues is kids accessing pornographic material, which, which uh, you know, fuels human trafficking and it opens them up to all sorts of problems. Um, I heard that and- changes their brain too. Like as they're growing and changing, like it, it alters the brain some way. I remember hearing that. It, it does. Uh, yeah. I have an entire chart in my book about this and it's, it's one uh-huh. of the things I always cover in my parent talks. And as far as I know, nobody else that does what I do talks about this. And, and, and the, yeah, one of the big issues here is that, um, it normalizes um, behavior that they're watching on there that's not healthy. So yes. number one, they're not watching um, safe sex for sure. Right. right. Um, it normalizes coercion. Uh, women don't consent uh, mm-hmm. to things that happen to them. Things that are violent and right. and humiliating, and painful. Right. So so children are it, there's a it's called um, it's called sexual script theory. So so people build this template in their in their mind about what's what's normative you know sexual behavior or what's or, or things that are inappropriate or whatever mm-hmm. and these are and this is all kind of influenced by your experiences your you know what your parents have told you your own personal experiences maybe abuse uh, that you've experienced as a child right. but but also what you watch mm-hmm. so and so now you so you have this kind of template and and then what we have is um, also addiction. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of children who are addicted to pornography. Right. But but the outcome is they have these perceptions that that carry over into relationships. Yes, that's why. Gosh, we have the worst like teen dating violence right now. It's yes. horrible because they think that what they see is the way that they're supposed to treat their date. Exactly. There, there's um, a, a research that just got published from CommonSenseMedia.org. And out of the UK, and the one out of the U- UK, they they talk to teens, and I want to say 43 percent of the teens in the survey said that girls expect aggressive sexual activity, like they they ex- like it's like so 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 they've come they've they've come to this this notion that like this is okay, this is normative, and that it's, and actually women are expecting to be choked and all the things like that, that they're seeing, um, 
you know, on, on these videos. So yeah, right. it, it's, it's super, super destructive mm -hmm. and, and, and incredibly addictive too. Right. Jeez. That is crazy. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you addressed that in your book. I know I'll be buying one for the kids in my life <laughs> for sure. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can leave a review and let me know what you found most helpful. You can find me on Instagram at women aware and prepared. And if you want more from me, you can join my Tuesday tip emails at womenawareandprepared.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Remember, you are worthy of a safe and peaceful life.